Welcome to The Grid, sponsored by PokerStars. I am your host, Jennifer Shahadi, and we'll be taking a 13 by 13 episode journey through every possible No Limit Hold'em hand, 169 hands in total, from aces to seven deuce offsuit. Each episode, I'll interview another top poker player or personality about their hand. Once a combo is taken, it's gone. So this podcast will become progressively more difficult as hands like ace-king are removed from the grid. Whether you spend hours poring over grids as you study poker, love to listen to hand history pods while grinding cash, or are just interested in absurd scavenger hunts, we're going to have some fun. You got the cards. Dealer, I'm feeling it hit me. Yeah, I got swagger. They see me, see me strutting. I told you a few months ago that there are some very exciting reasons why I've been especially busy lately. Well, one such reason is that I'm coming out with Chess Queens. It's a totally updated and revised version of my previous book on women in chess. Right now, orders are my love language. With that in mind, let's get into this episode's special guest. Hello and welcome back to The Grid. This is Jennifer Shahadi and today I have a very special guest. She is a poker player, a FIDE chess master, one of the top 10 female players in France, a creator and coach. She is Yosha Iglesias. Before we get into Yosha's hand from the boom days of poker in France, I want to share a powerful excerpt from Yosha from my ladies' night pod. I've been struggling to understand my identity since when I was 11, I remember, uh, I thought that I was a boy and I thought that uh, I was a normal boy, that every other boy was like me. And I remember thinking that every boy like me regretted uh, not to be a girl, not being a girl. And I remember one crazy conversation uh, with a friend. I was like, oh, they are so lucky. Who are lucky? Girls. I mean, don't you want to be a girl? Don't you regret not being a girl? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? So I was confused, but it's objectively better to be a girl. I mean, don't you regret it? If you could choose, you, 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 you would choose to be a girl, sure, yeah? And he was like, no, what are you talking about? And he was as surprised as I was. I thought everyone was like me. But of course, back then, I didn't know the word trans. And, and even later, when, I, when I, I knew trans people existed, I thought that being trans was not about being, but about doing. So I wondered, do I want to transition? And it was a question for me, even when I was a teenager. I've asked myself this question many, many times. And I was close, I think, to to transition back then, but I was afraid. And for me, transitioning meant quitting chess, meant quitting my family, losing many of my friends, if not all. So I was scared. And um, because I did not want to transition, I thought it means I'm not a transgender woman. So um, it's only, only recently, actually, I understand, okay, but being a woman is not a, a matter of doing, it's about a matter of being. And I am a woman, I'm a trans woman. So I'm getting a bit emotional there. At the time of the interview, Yosha was not recognized as a female player by the French Chess Federation. But on July 12, 2022, Yosha shared some fantastic news with us on Twitter about a change in her Federation's policies. She wrote, 
Today is the end of the most important fight of my life, a fight to understand myself, to accept myself, to be accepted. The French Chess Federation finally recognized me, as well as two other trans women, as women. Well, cheers to that, and to Yosha's other passion for poker. And in this episode, she speaks about a hand that epitomizes that passion and her philosophy of games. And in the case of poker, it's intersections with people and desire. It's a hand that everyone has intense memories of, that we all dream and fear of. It's a hand with the best kicker for value and the best blockers for bluffs. It is the iconic hand. Yes, it's a hand we've been waiting a while for. And Yosha will make it worth your wait, Ace King. Yosha, thank you so much for joining me on the grid. Thank you so much, Jen. Very excited to be here. Very grateful to you also. Yosha, tell us a little bit about when your love for poker began. I fell in love uh, with poker back in 2006, I think, for the first time, which was uh, already a bit late, but also a good year in France because yeah, it was so easy to make some money at least. Basically, I read, uh, I read uh, some books, which for me, as a, uh, as a chess, uh, chess fan, it was just a normal thing to do, to, to just sit and study books. It is what we do, what I was used to do for chess. So I did this for poker for a couple of years. I wasn't the, the best, uh, but uh, I won some, uh, some money. At, at least it was easier to make some money in poker, even though I considered myself uh, very weak. Uh, back then it was very easy to make some money. So I played poker for, for a couple of years, then I stopped. And then Edouard Roland, who nowadays is the French, um, uh, the president of the French Federation. So Edouard was a grandmaster. He turned to poker in the early 2000s and he founded this uh, Poker Academy, uh, which is the best and uh, most popular French uh, school of poker. I started to write articles about um, psychology, about um, basically everything which was poker related, but not pure poker. Can you tell us about this most memorable hand that you ever played with Ace King? Yeah, uh, sure. So it was 2006 and, uh, you know, in the USA, if I'm not mistaken, the poker boom was in 2003, started with uh, Chris Moneymaker winning the, the World Series. And in France, it's, it was more 2005, 2006 took a bit more time and so I played poker almost every day uh, as well as chess of course. In college uh, we had uh, tournaments and cash games every day uh, at the college bar and uh, in one tournament it was basically maybe 40, or 40 players at the beginning, 40 entries and uh, we were at the final table, final table and I was chip leader with a huge stack something like 400 uh, big blinds. So I was very aggressive, uh, using my stack to put pressure. Brice, this teacher of mine, was second or third in, in chips. Uh, he was in the small blind. So I got uh, Ace King of Suits, uh, with something like four uh, big blinds, even if we were deep stack. And uh, he, he threw at me. And for some reason, I decided to just call, which is Probably not that great, but okay, it cannot be a huge mistake. The board is ace, uh, eight, three, rainbow. So top pair, top kicker, and it checked, which was a bit strange. I'm pro pro probably a board that you can just uh, bet 
100% poker. I, I know that I know enough to know that I know nothing. But okay, he checked and so I thought he had probably uh, and like a small ace or maybe two kings or maybe even two queens. Like, you know, he thinks he's uh, ahead but he, he doesn't have three streets of value. And he just want to, um, to check uh, on the flop. Okay, but one side of the pot, uh, he called, just called, and the turn was um, a four. So uh, it's now eight, uh, ace, eight, three, four. If I remember correctly, there was a, a flush draw now, but uh, I got the ace of the same color as the flush draw. So I was not scared uh, about this. And he checked again, and I bet again, maybe one fourth of the pot now. And the river was like a, a blank of seven not completing the flush draw so it checked and now i have the the very good position of wondering how much value i can extract so i bet something like one fifth of the pot and of course he rewards me all in and i was like oh god i didn't think at all that he, he could rewards me and all in it was huge because he was second or third in uh in chips, so I started to think, okay, what can he have? Only one hand, one exact hand makes sense. According to me, it was uh, him having two aces. So uh, hitting uh, a set of aces on the flop, basically crushing the, the, the flop, not wanting me to go away. So that this is why he just checked. But because uh, I have um, ace, ace king, so uh, basically uh, I knew which color, which aces he got, because only two left. So I called his hand, okay, uh, Brice, I think you have uh, ace of hearts and ace of diamond. And uh, I said to him, uh, this card is uh, the ace of hearts and this card is the ace of diamond. And uh, he laughed looked and said no you are mistaken it's the opposite <laughs> <laughs> and yes yeah, so it was um, a very memorable hand also very pleasant even though i lost i managed to uh, to get away from from this uh, a clever trap because okay everyone back then uh, we read uh, all of us a few a few books uh, watched some videos but the average level was so so poor that for us it was amazing to to be able to play such a hand which is probably just um abc now nowadays yeah that was a nice hand especially against him that's hilarious bringing us back to 2006 poker <coughs> in france yeah yeah sure I, I just love poker so much back then basically the poker boom in france in many ways, thanks to the USA. I mean, poker is linked to the, to the USA, of course, but especially thanks to Chris Moneymaker. And I think, uh, yes, so the poker wave took, uh, took a bit, a couple of years to reach France. But even before that, it has started a bit with many chess players uh, starting poker uh, already before. For instance, uh, Eloi Rolange, uh, so the president of the chess federation now and uh, who created uh, the school of poker poker academy in which um, i'm sitting now he started playing poker in 2000 2001 also his then girlfriend almira Skripchenko, uh, started also probably in 2001 2002 something like this so many many great uh, chess players started poker 
But in the in the public, it went. Uh, it started really in 2005, 2006. Uh, so thanks to Chris to the moneymaker effect, and also we had this Patrick Bruel. Uh, maybe you know him, maybe you don't, but uh, he's a, a very famous French singer. I mean, at least famous in France. And he won uh, some uh, World Series, not the main event, of course, but some events. And he started a, a TV show about poker. So like every week he was uh, in prime time uh, speaking about poker and uh, analyzing some poker hands. His level was very low, but uh, very poor. But uh, for us, he was uh, like a big star speaking about poker. And uh, yeah, he, he did a very great job at um, promoting poker. And so back then, everyone was playing poker. Like literally, if you were 18, 19, 20 years old, you, you had to try poker. Of course, many people will, will last maybe 100, 200 euros. After trying, they quit. But then there was another another good moment in 2010 uh, because before that we we played on uh, on Dotcom with uh, with American players and worldwide players. But in 2010, the um, uh, the poker sites got regu uh, regulated, and so we we played only between French players. But uh, they started to promote at like every soccer match. Uh, you had advertisement for poker site and so on. So it was another great time. And then it got um, less and less popular till, uh, uh, till COVID uh, hit. And then another wave of, uh, of uh, new, new players going into poker. But uh, basically now it's not, uh, not very popular. And the average level is now so high, especially online, of course. Well, I was in Monaco for EPT. Yeah. And actually, I felt like there, some of the tournaments were selling out. So it seemed very popular. Maybe it was just the people who got more into it during the pandemic wanted to uh, get back out. Yeah, there. maybe. We had two great players, uh, basically, and only two, Gail Bowman and uh, Almira Skipchenko, who were sponsored. I mean, uh, Gail is still a uh, uh, Willamax Pro, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Almira was, uh, was also sponsored till a few years ago. Yeah, very few, very few female players in general in France. Gael was there and got pretty deep in the event, got deep into the money, actually, Gael. But it was more like the amateur players that I didn't see, or like the semi amateur yeah. Like, it did seem like there were a decent number of professional female players. I know, like, from all over the world, there was, like, Sofia Lovgren, Anna Marquez. Yeah. There was a lot of strong women players. But there weren't a lot of like casual players, and obviously in Monaco there's a lot of wealth, so it seemed like yeah. there were a lot of wealthy male amateurs. But I didn't see like any that many corollaries. Got to get more get more women in there. Um, but I, I want to ask more about this hand against Bryce. So you said he was a teacher um, at a school that you went to. Yeah, it was a, a strange relationship. So basically, I was um, eighteen or nineteen years old, and. Um, so I was questioning my gender identity, also my sexuality, and uh, he had this incredible charism. Uh, so he had one woman, one different woman every every day. Basically, he was partying a lot. And he was very clever. He wasn't my teacher. He was a teacher in physics, physics teacher. Yeah, so very charismatic and uh, clever, handsome, like the perfect cliche French teacher. 
also I think it was very uh, attracted to cleverness in general. Like, uh, do we say sapiosexual in uh, in English? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like wait, did you you said sapiosexual? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Is that? A French yeah, word. I think it's probably Latin, but uh, we can say uh, in French too. So basically, it means attracted to intelligence, to cleverness. Yeah. When I showed him that uh, I could play poker and uh, especially chess and blindfold chess and so on, he was very attracted to me. So so we developed a, a strange relation. We platonic kind of. I mean, a bit of sensual things also, but. Um, no, like no proper sex, but it was my first relation with a man. And it started with, uh, with us playing poker uh, at the college bar, yeah. And when you called his hand, uh, the, the red aces, did you feel like that was a moment where he... Yeah, uh, sure, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, for me, this hand was so memorable because normally I don't recall, uh, I'm like a, a beginner, you know, I, I don't recall hands uh, unless they are as are linked to a special memory. But this one, I don't think I can forget it. And of course, there was this tension, not only because we play poker, but says a kind of sexual tension as well. So yeah. the sapiosexuality really came out when you called his exact oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the moment the, which impressed him the most was when I, uh, I could play while, while playing poker. I played um, blindfolded chess against two, two people at the same time. And for him, it was like a magic trick. Like uh, <laughs> uh, for us, it's not that impressive because especially against beginners, like every chess master can, can do it. But uh, for a non-chess player, it seems like it's magic uh, or the, that you have superpowers or super brands or I don't know how to say, but yeah, it's very impressive, which is not. Truth is, uh, blindfold chess against a beginner, it's something that uh, everyone who has spent uh, years and years playing chess can do. So You're being overly modest. I'm also like a FIDE master. I had two international master norms, but I don't think I can play two games blindfolded uh, while also playing poker, uh, maybe. But it, let me tell you this, yeah. by the end of the night, my brain would be on the floor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if you had this extra motivation of, uh, yeah, imp uh, of impressing someone that uh, you care about, impressing your crush, maybe you can find this, uh, <laughs> this power inside you, yeah. That's true. I can see that. Like, you've had this other motivation as well. I mean, it was my plan. As soon as uh, someone would offer uh, uh, to play chess, and we had this uh, chess table, so I knew the moment where would come eventually. So I planned everything. It was my, uh, <laughs> it was my plan from the beginning. As soon as I... Uh, I hear about someone uh, wanting to play chess uh, or then to play blindfolded just to impress uh, Boris. Yeah, I had planned everything. Oh, so you planned that. I see. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And this is a bit of a clue because this was when you were 19. So it was before yeah. you um, came out as, as a woman. This uh, mm -hmm. teacher, Bryce, was a heterosexual man. Yeah. And he was attracted <clears throat> to you. Obviously, you mentioned it was the brain, but also perhaps it was a clue that... All my life, all my life. Uh, like my, my first girlfriend, when I was 15, like I thought she was the love, uh, the love of my life for, for two weeks. And after she, she broke up with me because she fell in love with a, with a girl. 
uh, another girl, a cisgender girl. And then uh, it happened to me uh, at least two other times before I was 18. The first time uh, was with my um, my now best friend, Mathilde Conjou, chess player. And she had come out to her parents as a lesbian just before uh, meeting me. But then we met and we fell in love. But for her, it was strange because she knew she was a lesbian. So she did not understand what went uh, with her. She was kind of attracted to me, but not in a sexual way. So we just started this relationship, took uh, our time, did not have sex. And one day she just told me, okay, I'm sorry, it cannot, it cannot work because, because I'm a lesbian. I said, okay, but we need to talk about this because I'm attracted to men too. And yeah, I'm questioning my gender, but I didn't say I'm questioning my gender because back then I didn't even use as a world gender. I've, I just told her not being born a girl was my biggest regret. And if I could choose, I, I would become a girl. Yeah. So basically it's strange. I cannot explain it, but many of my relations, if not all, my meaningful, uh, meaningful relations and even much before my transition. So I don't know how I knew and how, how they could see the woman in me with my body but i did so, somehow in some strange way it's amazing it was like there's these little clues um in your life strewn yeah. around it was before i knew i knew any lgbt like it it's not i didn't do it on purpose like to be attracted to to lesbians and uh, and having this uh, this uh, girls are attracted to me kind of i don't know it just happened uh, somehow they saw the woman in me so but i cannot explain it are you still in touch with bryce no unfortunately but um every every few months or so i i think about him and i'm like maybe i should just give him a, a phone call you mentioned in uh, poker and both in finding <clears throat> your and finding and understanding your gender and sexuality yeah. there's these beautiful eureka moments is there something similar in poker? That's a, a good question. Now it's uh, the game is getting more and more technical. I mean, nowadays uh, even NL10 is uh, very very technical. But um, before, what I, what I love and I still do in uh, home games, it's understanding something of the player's personality, uh, seeing by uh, how they play. For instance, we can have this. Um, this woman pretending uh, not being good at poker, letting this man mansplaining to her how to play, even though she's a, a much better player than her. Once you understand something like this, it's it's very funny how how from a game you can tell much of uh, of someone's personality. Like last time I played, there was this player, a very basic beginner mistake or something like. We started, it was, um, uh, the stakes were uh, 100 euros. And uh, this player has one pile of chips for 100 euros. And uh, you know the rest, the extra outside. So you, you, can, you could understand that they wanted, uh, they agreed to play with the rest because it was extra bonus that they, they could lose. But the 100 euros, they didn't want to touch. And basically, I like um, understanding something of the person I'm playing with or against by seeing the, the play, but online it's 
almost impossible to see this. Maybe only doing tilt, a tilt moment or something. But uh, in live, you can understand so much. You can oh, yeah. you can really know you can really know someone after a night of poker. You can. That's a, that's a great yeah a great point. It seems like to me, I mean, being interested in progressive movement in both games, that chess is a little bit more progressive when it comes to issues of gender, but not always. And I think one exception is definitely with LGBTQ rights. I think that poker seems to have more ambassadors, more ambassadors and more top players that identify as trans or as, as gay. And in, uh, in chess, it seems we're behind on that. Yeah, maybe also there is a, a reason. If you want, you can play poker uh, in Western Europe and uh, in the USA only. But for a chess player, uh, many, many of the competitions will be in uh, LGBT-phobic countries. So I know some great chess players who are LGBT+, plus, but I understand that they don't want to come out publicly, even though it will do good for for younger people. Some very great players, chess players who are uh, LGBT, but they're not out yet because, well, next time you want to play in Russia, uh, I mean, I don't want to name some countries, but okay, many competitions happen in uh, LGBT-phobic countries. So yeah, it's, it's hard for chess player to, uh, to come out. That's exactly what I wrote in Chess Queens. In the chess world, because the events are sponsored, you don't get to choose as much as you might be able to choose if you're a great poker player. There are many, many of us LGBT people in chess, just um, very few are publicly out. It's still hard to, to come out when you have to travel in, in such countries. That's striking and important. That's why I'm so happy you are out and um, vocal and becoming more vocal with your, your YouTube channel yeah. and your activities. Thank you so much for joining me, Yosha Iglesias with the Ace King. She's a FIDAI master and also a content creator and, and a, a poker player as well. Thank you so much for joining me on the grid. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. And uh, thank you so much for what you do for both poker and chess. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Grid, sponsored by Poker Stars. Please subscribe, review, and tell your friends about your favorite episode. Till next time, as we count down 169 hands. No one ever bust. They say I'm lucky. Oh no, no need to bluff. With all the cheap tricks up my sleeve. Yeah, I got talent.